Bush and Ben Milstead with Out of Bounds on the Roar. Welcome in. Glad to have you with us. We are live on the Roar on a Thursday, February 9th, 2023. Thanks so much for joining us here on Out of Bounds. William Clark and Bush, Ben Milstead. Inside the Upcountry Fiber Studios, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. You know, one thing that I love about this station is that we will never break up a super team. <laughs> we will never do it. Or will we? Dun, dun, dun. Uh, how are you, sir? I am uh, I am good. You, you're looking good in your Carolina blue over there. Thank your you. multi-layered Carolina blue. You have your throwback jersey underneath <laughs> your modern jersey. Uh, yeah, I'm good. You're... Uh, why are you dressed up? Um, you have you know, buttons on your shirt for we, crying out loud. Well, we do have we have a we have a client coming in. Doctor Ashley Lucas is coming in from PhD Weight Loss today. Oh, okay. So um, she doesn't get to see you with the hat on and that's right. I clean up stuff. sometimes. I also I was looking for, you know what this 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 is a beautiful thing. This is a beautiful thing. I don't really think very much about what I'm gonna wear tomorrow when I'm picking out my clothes for today. You know, we had our super secret staff meeting where we. We may or may not have uh, exiled more, one or more staff members to the island of Elba or something. Um, we, but the, I, I felt like the way to do that was to wear the long sleeve collared shirt that we have been given as official station wear. It just felt like the mm -hmm. right thing to do for the for the staff meeting. And then I was trying to figure out what do I wear when we're hosting clients? And I thought, well, sometimes I'll just wear the, like, I'll just wear the Roar t-shirt. But it's going to be a little windy, and I'm, it's not quite, like, it's almost t-shirt weather, but I was a little iffy about that. And then I thought, well, maybe I'll wear the coat, but it's a little heavy, and I'm not sure I want to, like, be wearing a, an outdoor coat inside the whole day. And then, you know, I was like, well, we do have a hoodie, but, I, you know, it's, it's too warm for a hoodie. So I was really between station options, so I just decided to, I decided to go button down and vest, like I'm eating caviar and sipping, uh, I don't know. You're the wine and Chardonnay crowd sitting in, in, in the, the Greensboro Policy, and that's yeah. right. You put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> I didn't realize what I was getting into there. It was, it, it just. I was. It was a bit of paralysis by analysis today. Of like, how do you how do you dress nice for clients? Do you have a spreadsheet? 
related any kind of stats related to your wardrobe? I probably should. I don't. I don't. I gotta. I gotta have a cutoff somewhere. I gotta have some topic that's not governed by yeah. just what does the spreadsheet say today? Gotta live on the edge, Ben. Sometimes you just. Uh, sometimes you just go with the flow. It well, it's nice outside right now. Uh, other than you know, on and off rain, but it's warm. And we had Will Vandervoort on yesterday with us. And he said something about snow, and I pretended like I knew what he was talking about. I had no idea what he's talking about. And then I watched the news last night, and like, there's, dare I say, a a a, a good chance to see a flake or two Sunday. I I'm not buying it, but I, I say that all that to say, like, you know, you're in the South when yesterday. I, I'm I'm able to do some outdoor activities. We'll call it that in short sleeves and shorts. And now we're talking about maybe a couple of days later some snow in the in the forecast. That, There's a reason everybody you know has a stuffy nose right now. Yeah, I mean that's that's as South Carolina as it gets right there. It was 70 degrees when I turned my car on yesterday. Yeah, seven zero degrees, and they're talking about. A couple snowflakes on uh, on Sunday. It's crazy. Remarkable. Remarkable times that we're living in. Uh, well, I hope you get to and from your Super Bowl party uh, just fine. Yeah. <laughs> do, do we get weatherman giving us travel tips to and from, you know, remember to pump your brakes. Uh, don't follow too closely. Put a warm blanket in your trunk. Black ice is hard to see. Yeah. Impossible, uh, even. I expect, is, I expect somebody to break in to the Super Bowl. Oh, my. Oh, quack. Now, that's a possibility. You want to see people lose their mind? Let one of the meteorologists break into Stop. Super Bowl coverage. Stop. To tell us that it's sleeting. Stop. There's no way. There's people no will, way that people happens. People will die. There's no way that happens. Yeah, you know Are what? Are you kidding? More people will die of a heart attack... For losing time with the Super Bowl or the commercials. Like, you can't even break in the commercials on the Super Bowl. That, that, how, how much for commercials? $7 million for a 30-second? I mean, it's ridiculous how much people are paying. How in the world are you going to justify breaking in on that to say, we got a small amount of sleet in the mountains of North Carolina where it sleets every day? There are, there are meetings being had as we speak uh, somewhere. <laughs> you know that the folks at, um, I guess the game's on Fox, so the folks at Fox Carolina are like, please don't let there be snow. Please don't let there be snow. Because whoever it is on duty, Kendra Ken or whoever it is on duty as the meteorologist there, is going to be like... I, like, I don't want to be the most hated person and get all the hateful emails mm-hmm. from people. And no, no, nobody wants that for themselves. And, don't, don't, and don't, don't give me the little weather map advisory thing in the upper right-hand corner. Like, don't do anything to, to screw up my viewing of the game. I appreciate you saying that, too, because that also, like, I can look out my window. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good. Does that trigger you? you, you you're, you're a little triggered today. I, I can, a little bit. I feel it. I feel it. A little bit. I, I, that's how I know we've worked together a good while now. I I feel uh, I feel your mood. You know, I, I appreciate that. I, I very much appreciate that. I I want to get to. I'm a I'm a little bit salty about Mike Norvell, even though I've 
I have, uh, I guess my, my irritation has waned a bit since we found out the particulars of the contract. I still think it's, there's absolute silliness going on there, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Florida State fans, you can feel however you want by that. That is totally fine. I'm not going to steal your joy, but uh, I've got I've got questions. I'm also I I have thoughts on the Super Bowl, and I'm I'm worried, Ben, because I think this Super Bowl is pretty straightforward, and that concerns me because I I know that it's not like I know I know that I'm missing something. I just can't figure out what it is. So I want to talk to you about that. Um, Kevin Durant got traded for an entire roster in the middle of the night and w- with absolutely no explanation. Guess what? The Brooklyn Nets are doing what they, uh, what they had tried to do before they decided to blow the whole thing up. And they're like, you know what would be great? If we just built a roster around like young pieces that we draft and develop, maybe like, I don't know, hire a coach who can like coach the roster and do it that way. Yeah, you dopes. That's what you were doing two years ago before you decided to just trash it and go with something else. Anyway, so we'll talk about that. But I, I'm, I'm immediately, and I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say triggered. That's too strong. But I heard Jerry, and I love Jerry. Okay, I heard Jerry's phone call on the way in, and I just, I want to get out in front of this. Okay, I want to get out in front of it. Mm-hmm. We got eight days before the start of baseball season. All right, let's talk about bunting. I, I just need, I need you to know that. One of the strongest, I feel like there's this thing that like, oh, the young whippersnappers, they, they hate bunting because all they do is love, you know, all they do is love just swinging for the fence and they, they just hate it, whatever. And, and like, it's all the old guys like me mm-hmm. who are out here saying, all the traditionalists who are like, man, we love bunting. One of the strongest statements against bunting I've ever heard came from my grandpa, who I just want to state for the record, not young. Okay, not young. Seen a lot of baseball. Um, he said to me one time, he's, he's coached a lot of baseball softball over the years. He said to me one time, why should I get excited about giving the other team an out? And I thought to myself, you know what? That's fair. Why should I get excited about giving the other team an out? There, there is a, I've said this before, there's a segment of baseball fans that like, I mean, can, can I say it's like a it's like an orgasm for like for baseball fans when a team bunts like you're giving the other you're giving the other team an out. Mm-hmm. He, here's why I want to stop. I just want to stop that dead in his tracks because I think people you weren't expecting me to say that. I um, I'm, taking, <laughs> I, I'm taking my bingo card. I, <laughs> I, you know, what? I wasn't expecting me to say that either. But wow. that's actually what that's actually what I think is happening. There are people who. <laughs> There are people who legitimately so live for somebody to square down the bunt and give themselves up for an out, and they think that's like the height of baseball. Like, great, way to go. Great great job, everybody. Okay? Here, here's, what, here's what I'm going to say about here's what I'm gonna say about bunting. I think bunting is a great way to get you one run. I think it's a great way. If you're trying to play for one run, I think it's a great way to get a run. I also think it's a great way to set up Really good hitters who don't strike out. So I was talking to Brad in the show change, and one of the things I said to Brad was, I don't think people really understand that a lot of times the decision to bunt has very little to do with who's at the plate. Not not all the time, 
But sometimes the decision to buy, and by the way, this this came about because of a, a phone call that Jerry made at the end of the press box where he said, I'm excited to see the bunt is back in the program. I think people would be surprised how many times Clemson sacrificed bunted and how many other times they squared the bunt last year. There are two things that you need to consider when you're when you're trying to decide if you want to bunt. The first thing is you've got to decide, can that guy lay the bunt down? Because if you can't, then you might as well swing. That's the first thing. The second thing is, if I bunt and give up an out, are the guys behind this guy going to either put the ball in play and, and get on base, or are they going to make productive outs and help us get a run? Those are the two questions that you need to answer. Last year, the reason Clemson didn't bunt more is because there were about four guys in that lineup that, were, that had gaping holes in their swing, that were swing and miss guys. I'm not sure that's not going to be a problem for Eric Baggage this year with regards to setting up a lineup that's going to play a lot of uh, a lot of small ball. I would also argue this. This is a baseball team that last year had an ERA approaching five. What I just told you, I think, is is incredibly important to keep in mind that when you square around a bunt in an inning, oftentimes it, it uh, increases your chance of getting one run, depending on the situation. But it decreases your chance of getting more than one run. So you're, you're costing yourself, you're kind of taking a burden hand, you're costing yourself multiple runs by trying to play for one run just by the, the analytics and the numbers. Hear me when I say, let's not set Eric Backage up for failure by thinking that they're going to get the, the leadoff guy on base and their two hitters going to square the bunt every time and then they're going to drive that run in and it's all going to be hunky-dory. That, that's, that's what I'm trying to set up here for Clemson baseball. I know that a lot of things are being put back together, fractures in the fan base, going away, all that stuff. I think we are setting this team up to not meet, to fail to meet our weird expectations for giving up outs. I don't participate in, no, no, uh, I, I don't mean any, any disrespect by this. I don't pay, I don't, I don't participate in this silly conversation. Okay. With bunning or not bunning. And here's why. Because what I have heard over the years from the, when you have a power team and all of a sudden they go cold, everybody and their brother thinks, well, man, we ought to play small ball. We ought to bunt the ball. And then when you're a team that bunts a lot and the guy behind him doesn't knock him, doesn't advance the runner and you end up not scoring. Well, why are we giving away outs? It is always, always, always the crutch on why your offense is not working. And I have heard people who – I've heard people change within a week. <laughs> yes. Why are we a power team? Why are we a small ball team? Look, that's what we do. It is. I, I, so I don't – I sit back and laugh about it. I don't participate. Here, If I have a take on it, it would be this. Don't have, don't have a hard and fast stance on it. Because yes. let the situation dictate what you do. Uh, if a team knows that you're going to bunt with uh, a runner on first and no outs, that you're at a disadvantage because they know that's your tendency. Sometimes it's going to be appropriate to do that. Many times it will not. Let the situation dictate it and stop worrying about having a, a philosophy I, I I truly don't understand it. I, I don't understand that. I, I feel like I've been told by the college baseball fan over the last couple of years that I have to have a philosophy. I think that's silly. 
I do. I think that is silly. It should be situational, to your point. And it, my my further point is that there's a lot more that has to do with the situation than how many people are on what base and how many outs are there and what's the score. I mean, as you said, Ben, well, keep this in mind. The Atlanta did the, did the Braves ever have a sacrifice bunt this year? At one point, they were the they they did not have a sacrifice bunt for like almost the entire season, if not the entire season. Nobody whined about bunting. You know why? Because they were scoring a bunch of runs. To your point, it never made sense for them to do that because they didn't have the personnel to do that. I would say let's let Eric Backage make that decision instead of trying to stuff Eric Backage into the we got a bunt box. Yeah. Now. I heard Jerry's call, too. we got to go to break, and then we'll go to the phones afterwards. Uh, I, I, I can, like, I, I somewhat understand what he's saying from the standpoint that perhaps your former baseball administration was so locked in on analytics and this is the way to do it that you occasionally overlooked the opportunity to make a baseball play, which is a bunt. Uh, so the fact that you might have a a new coach that is a little open-minded to situational baseball, that excites me. But make no mistake about it. There is not – I don't believe there's a baseball fan on the planet that is excited about, oh, I get to watch a bunt. You get to watch a guy advance from first to second and give away an out. I don't know, Ben. I think some people live for it. <laughs> I think there's some people that really live for it. But I think you're right. I mean, nobody, like, miss if, – if you don't see a bunt in the game, nobody's missing that. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we had lots more. I mean, lots more discussion on lots more topics. We continue on. Out of Bounds next. Valentine's treat her to a day of relaxation and rejuvenation at Lilia Day Spa, Anderson's premier spa. Their therapists are ready to restore her mind, body, and spirit in a relaxing and private environment. Select from the Sweet Treat Package, the Be Mine Package, Cupid's Holiday, or the Sweetheart Package. Or let Lilia Day Spa create something special for her. A gift certificate from Lilia Day Spa is ideal for Valentine's and shows her you care. 116 Benson Street, downtown Anderson. Lilia Day Spa, Anderson's premier spa. What if there was a paint that made you look at paint differently? One that completely rewrote paint's genetic code so it can strengthen any color. What if it's built with better ingredients, even given superpowers? Since Benjamin Moore reinvented the way paint is made, it makes you wonder, is it still paint? Benjamin Moore, paint like no other. The Carter Color Company, 1067 Tiger Boulevard, Clemson. Your independent local Benjamin Moore paint retailer. Gary Mahaffey here with Insurance for Seniors and Disabled. First, let me thank all the WCCP listeners for making annual enrollment very special for me and my coworkers this year. Are you turning 65 in 2023? If so, you may be pondering your Medicare options. Many people feel like this is not important if they are working on and remaining on their company plan. Even if this is the ultimate outcome, I recommend that you look at all options for meeting your health care needs. If I can assist you in this somewhat confusing process, please call me at 864-307-8484 today. And please remember, my services always come free to you and that I will shepherd you through Medicare in the unlikely event that I do not represent a company or specific plan that you are interested in. So again, please call today at 864-307-8484. 
for the men who never settle, the ones who miss the fairway all day and still pull out the big stick, the type of guys who will always prefer to be behind the grill than in front of the camera, and the men who never let their friends forget about a high school nickname. This is the Lodge Mentality. This is Twin Peaks. Who wants to settle for a single TV? With more TVs, bigger screens, plus our fabulous scenic views, there's more to watch at Twin Peaks. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boosts. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code ZODIAC. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code ZODIAC, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Book, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Bonus issued as bonus bets. Opt-in required for odds boost. Bet type and amount limits vary. Eligibility and terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Gilstrap Roofing has an experienced team that specializes in shingle, metal, and flat roofs for residential, commercial, and industrial customers. Their dedication to complete customer satisfaction is why a large portion of their business comes from repeat customers and referrals. If you need a full-service roofing contractor that has over 80 years of experience and takes pride in top customer satisfaction, Gilstrap Roofing has got you covered. Call for your free roofing estimate today at 269-1232 and online at gilstraproofing.com. Live and local sports talk coming to you from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. This is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. With the largest coverage of any sports talk station in the Upstate. Bring back the option. Nobody does it better than us. We're 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar where every day is game day. Just trying to see if I can push Quark over the edge, people. You did it. You did it. I'm there. It's 70 degrees outside, but it also might snow, which means baseball's here, baby. There's nothing more baseball than is it going to be 70 or 30 for the yeah, opening game weekend. one of the three-game series, 70 degrees. Game three, 30. God, there, there's nothing I worse. There's nothing worse than uh, when Bob Mahoney and I drove down to Augusta to do a three-game series with Maine the second weekend of the season because the field was frozen over. <laughs> you want to talk about making Eric Baggage right at home? Give us that. I was at a uh, at dinner with Bob Mahoney and Don Munson in Miami for the bowl game. And they they got into that rabbit hole of, hey, remember when we did this game and it was sleeting sideways and remember, and I was like, man, I'm not upset that I don't do baseball. Eric <laughs> <laughs> uh, Backage probably loving this weather right now. I mean, he's, you know, if he's still at Michigan, he's practicing indoors every day. Oh yeah, he's like, oh, we can we can use the field outside. Wow, wow, that's great. Um, speaking of that, we're going to talk to him in person on Tuesday. 
Uh, we're going to be doing our show live from Doug Kingsmore Stadium. We're going to be, weather permitting, we're going to be on the patio out there outside the, uh, the classroom there, formerly known as a team meeting room, but now uh, the lingo says classroom. Um, and we're going to have assistants. We're going to have a couple players. Brad Owens will join us. Um, we'll even get to see a little bit of practice, I think. I think their practice starts at 2.30, nice. perhaps. So we're we're very excited, uh, very excited oh. about going out and doing that. Jerry, call us back. We were yeah, coming, I was going to put we, Jerry I'm back sorry, on. Jerry. Uh, yeah. We were coming right to you. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get Jerry back on to respawn. I'm not mad at Jerry. I'm just more setting up like... Jerry's 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 the uh, the the scapegoat today. Yeah, well, for your yes. frustration. This yes. has a, been a long-standing conversation amongst fans. Uh, also, we we've had a couple calls about uh, and text about NBA. We'll we'll certainly discuss some NBA today too. Yeah, because uh, I wake up every day now, and some massive trade has happened from Brooklyn. Which, by the way, from the Lakers is fine. But why is Brooklyn making trades at three a.m.? Like, what is that? Where where woes it's and a city that never sleeps. Well, I, mean, I guess it's so. A city that never sleeps. I guess so. You got to keep one eye open in Brooklyn. Let's go to Jerry and Anderson, who's up with us next. Now uh, he is back in with us. Jerry, what's up? Hey guys, so I had a phone call. Uh, oh, you're good. I want to I want to reiterate what I was talking about as far as the money and, the, and I, really what I'm talking about more is is, is putting the defense. And it, 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 where they're having to move around, you know, with 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 with, with hit and runs, I feel like this team is going to run more, you know, as far as how athletic they are. And so I'm thinking, running bunt, you know, things like that to put pressure on the defense. That's more so what I'm talking about. No, I don't want to come up in the first inning, get a single, and this guy's bunting in the first inning. More situational bunting is is what I'm talking about. I just think this team. Is built to put pressure on the defense. Sure, uh, you that, know what? And I, what yeah, yeah. I, I I appreciate that because I really thought that was an inherent weakness of the team last year. Is that they probably should have been doing more of that. <clears throat> and in fact, they had a lesser uh, offensive team in 2020 in the COVID year. But one of the things I liked is that they knew that and they worked around that with situational hitting they did a lot of first to third advancement a lot of hit and runs a lot of good two strike approaches in the lineup that year it just felt like they had really emphasized that and then we got back from COVID in 21 and it it was like a regression or a reversion to a previous form um Eric Backich I'm going to ask him about some of the things that he says in terms of his philosophies and how it applies to this team when we talk to him next week one of the things I've heard him say a bunch is that everybody has a job to do in the context of team uh, he talks a lot about uh, guys not getting off their Twitter swings, and um, I, I, I feel like that's that's really leaning into the idea that your at bat does have implications for the guy who batted before you and a guy that bats after you, and it's not just about you. And yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm I'm certain that the previous staff was not de-emphasizing that, but I think there's no, a renewed true. emphasis on that type of stuff, which leads to. A, I think a better approach when you consider yourself sort of a, a cog in the wheel as opposed to a wheel in and of yourself, if that makes sense. Well, you know, I think I'll say, you know, let's say that we got a runner at second, um, no out, or maybe even one out, and and you get behind the count one and two, and so you shorten your swing up where you're going to try to make more of a productive out, you know, try, you know, try to get that runner over to third because if there's a pass ball, then – as a run, it just 
it's just being very productive with your bass. And so uh, I think I read where Caden Grice uh, got 0-2 uh, day in scrimmage. He kind of choked up a little bit, ended up hitting a double in the gap. So uh, I'm excited to see what this team brings. So I just want to just kind of know. No, I'm not excited for all, all the sacrifice, but I'm looking for something that's going to put pressure on the defense. So. That's what I meant by that. That's good stuff, so Jerry. Day, guys. I appreciate the phone Thank call. You. Thanks very much. Yeah, that I, I got no issues with that whatsoever. I will say there there are two things that that we've been asked about several times. I know they talked about in the press box as well when they were talking baseball. One is Caden Grice. I will admit I'm a little bit um, just from just for transparency's sake. I'm a little bit skeptical because I I saw him last year as a stubborn offensive player that was unyielding in his approach. And I also saw that reflected in his numbers over the summer where he struck out a ridiculous amount of times in, uh, I think he was on the Cape or maybe the CPL, I can't remember. But, I mean, his his strikeout rate this summer was higher than it was last year during the season where he led the world in strikeouts. So I'm a little bit skeptical in that regard. And I, I know that the reason he didn't pitch, according to the previous staff last year, was because of an injury. It was a recurring injury, and they said, you know what, we've got to have you available to hit, and we don't want to jeopardize that by pitching you. I wonder if having him as an option on the weekends or midweek or a few innings at a time or whatever the case may be as a pitcher keeps Caden Grice more engaged. I know Eric Baggage talked about playing him at first base and being in the infield probably a little better for his attention span. I think that will be good. I am interested to see what the staff can do to rebuild his confidence and to kind of break him of some of the habits he fell into last year. The second thing, I was telling John this at the break, is Tristan Smith. I have heard lots of great stuff about Tristan Smith. The one thing that Tristan Smith has that you can't teach is just the stuff. Uh, He's a high spin rate pitcher. He's a swing and miss guy. He's got wipeout slider. I love his stuff. The problem with most freshmen is command. If you're coming in with that kind of stuff you're probably missing a little bit in terms of command. This pitching coach, uh, Jimmy Bellinger, is known, was known at Florida State for pitching guys who didn't walk anybody and still struck guys out. Now, their strikeout-to-walk ratio wasn't quite as strong last year because a lot of their bullpen guys had high walk rates, but the guys in their rotation did not. If they can get Tristan Smith to be a rotation starter, knowing that this pitching coach and this staff is not going to tolerate an abundance of walks, I, I, that will sell me. That will sell me. Because I've heard for over a year that Tristan Smith can compete right now at the college, last year. Tristan Smith can compete right now on the college level. He's just got to cut way, way down on the walks. So those are two guys that I'm interested to see what their trajectories look like now, what the staff has been able to do with them over the course of the last few months. A, a question they ask on the press box, are you personally more interested in seeing an improvement on the mound or an improvement at the plate? On the mound. I think if you pitch better, a lot of the other stuff takes care of itself. Because this team offensively okay. was good enough to go to a regional last year. It was. And this team defensively was good enough to go to a regional last year. The problem was the team ERA approached five because they walked too many guys and they didn't strand enough runners. That's basically that's basically mine. And I would say 
some of this was injury-related, but I think defense behind the plate was lacking last year, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested to see that. That's something people don't think about, but that's something that I'm interested to see what they do there. I'm probably going – I'm probably offense by just a bit. Okay. I'm just barely. And here's why. Because those those midweek games matter. And – there's a good chance you're not going to have you're not going to put a great pitcher on the mound to begin with. I want that offense to be good every game. So I, I think you can be more consistent offensively than perhaps you can on the mound. And, and I say that just generally speaking for college baseball as a whole. I, I think you're probably right about that. Both. I mean, we will. Uh, there's no wrong answer here. We both need him. Both need improvement. Uh, I would I would say especially offense, uh, not offense, especially outfield. Mm-hmm. Where where are your home runs? Where are your stolen bases? Where's your batting? Where's your production coming from the outfield offensively? I think that will dictate who plays out there. Let's go to Seminole Ted, who's up with us next. I'm sure he wants to talk about Mike Norvell. What's up, Ted? Uh, you know, Norvell was part of my conversation as well, but I went to see Tennessee and Miami up in Tennessee a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. That Friday night was New Year's Eve. It was 70 degrees. Sunday, game time, rain, sleet, snow. By the time I went to leave Monday morning, there was six inches of snow in Murfreesboro. Oh. That tells you just how quick the, the weather can change around here. Mm. But, um, yeah, I do think that going ahead and signing Norvell now does two things. One, it sends a message to recruits. Hey, this guy is no longer in hot water. The the program the, the university is fully behind what he's doing, so I think it states that, and I think it just states you know it, it kind of lets people know hey we think we're back, whether anybody else believes it or not we think we're back we're ready to put money in this we're going to pay our coaches worth it that's just my thoughts on it don't be triggered by it but uh, I'll I'll take your comments on it off the air. Thanks, Ted. Appreciate the phone call. I got a lot of comments on this, Ted. A lot of comments. You know what? Let's go ahead and take a break. Okay. Because I, I w- I'm interested. I have no idea where you stand on this. We've not talked about it. So I'm interested to see if we're on the same page or not on the Norvell extension and raise. But first, I want to tell you about our friends at Buff City Soap. You know, I never have to worry about Buff City Soap. I, I don't. I was talking to my mom about how reliable Buff City Soap is uh, just a couple days ago. Uh, it is... It's truly amazing. Uh, If you take advantage of the sales we tell you about on the air, you're saving a lot of money for a superior premium product. That's the beauty of Buff City Soap. They have all kinds of great scents. In fact, I went to get some hand soap the other day, and I was picking from about six cents, and one of the the workers in the store came up to me and was like, you know there's a bunch more on that back table? And there were five other scents that I had not seen yet that made my decision-making process that much more difficult if you know me at all, you know, I don't need more analysis. Uh, I need less, but Buff City Soap gives you lots of options. Uh, go by and see them. There are two upstate locations, the Harbor Village Shopping Center in Clemson and uh, also in Greenville at the shops at Green Ridge. Stay with us. Hour one of the program continues. We're talking Mike Norvell next. Friends, cold weather is still here. Rain is around the corner, and let's not talk about snow. Next week, it might be sunny and 60 degrees as Mother Nature can't decide what season it is. But I know one thing. Whatever the weather, Elkmont's got you covered. Now's the best time to visit Elkmont as the winter closeout sale has begun just in time for Valentine's Day. Elkmont offers great footwear, jewelry, game day, and lifestyle clothing, and, of course, outdoor gear and clothing. 
from the most popular brands. They're your one-stop shopping destination for that someone special. It's something for everyone, from candles to kayaks, sunglasses to charcuterie boards, or the Upstate's largest selection of own running shoes. Elkmont has what you're looking for, locally owned and conveniently located in Powdersville on Highway 153, just minutes from Greenville, and in Clemson at 93 exit on Highway 123. Go visit Elkmont today and go Tigers! Sark's Greenville Auto Repair is your shop that can repair your vehicle. Our staff has over 30 years of experience and are ASE certified, serving Greenville County since 2015. We specialize in brakes, suspension, wheel alignments, tires, engine diagnostic, and oil changes on all foreign and domestic vehicles. If you need basic maintenance or emergency repair, we can get you back on the road quickly. Located at 1900 Wade Hampton Boulevard, Greenville, or call 864-609-0202 for an appointment today. You can visit us online at sarksgreenvilleautorepair.com. Mix and match two for five dollars scratch made biscuits at Bojangles. It's Bo Time. Winning multiple Ford President's Awards and top-notch online reviews are two reasons why George Coleman Ford should be your choice for your next new or pre-owned vehicle. Every week, customers like you post online reviews raving about the buying experience at George Coleman Ford. It's like nothing they've experienced. No hidden fees and straight-up honest customer service. And with new inventory arriving monthly, George Coleman Ford is committed to satisfying you. The best is found in Traveler's Rest, George Coleman Ford. Valentine's Day is upon us. And you know, your team at Reed's Jewelers will make sure you find what you want for your loved one. From diamonds for her to watches for him, Reed's Jewelers. Upstairs in Haywood Mall, next to Belk. Endorsed by Roar listeners like Zeke. I'm calling in for one of your sponsors, man. Wally over there at Reed's Jewelers. Go check him out. They'll get you what you need. If not, he'll find it, and he will definitely take care of you. Zeke loves Reed's Jewelers. You will as well. Reed's Jewelers. Haywood Mall, next to Belk. Online at reeds.com. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boosts. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code Zodiac. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code Zodiac, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Bonus issued as bonus bets. Opt-in required for odds boost. Bet type and amount limits vary. Eligibility and terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. If you want the full Roar experience, go check out the RoarFM.com for all the latest updates and podcasts. We're 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Hour one continues out of bounds. Let's get back to the Mike Norvell extension. For people who are unfamiliar, this is what we're this is what we're talking about. Uh, Mike Norvell signed an extension, a raise yesterday, through or it was announced yesterday through uh, the twenty twenty nine season, 
Average annual value of the contract, $8.05 million per year. That amount escalates over time. So the increase goes to $5.33 million next year, up to $7.335 million in 2024, and then as high as $8.585 million in the last year of his deal. And then he also gets a $250,000 annual retention bonus and over a million dollars in potential bonuses if he wins the national championship. Um, Ben, I'm so interested your thoughts on this extension and raise for Mike Norvell. I, I get giving him an extension. I understand. I mean, everybody who follows college football understands what Seminole Ted just said in regards to what you do with contracts for recruiting purposes. It, you know, you, as a general rule, you try to keep everybody with four to five years remaining on their contract. Um, Side note, I don't know why that even matters to recruits anymore, though. Uh, you know what? I don't think it does because there are an awful lot of coaches who are operating with two years on the contract. Yeah, and, um, and you know, I, I guess you're saying, well, you're trying to sell, well, the, you know, the, the school's going to have me here for five years. You know, if you stink in two years, you're not going to be there in five years. Right. But anyway, that that's why that is kind of the direction they go with contracts. I am in favor of people making maximum dollars. I if somebody is willing to double your salary, take it. But I do question why in the world you're doubling Mike Norvell's salary because he went nine and three. Look, and and this is the bigger problem with Florida State. I've given you all the respect in the world. I think you're. I think you are headed in a in the right direction. I don't really have any doubt about that. But at the same time, we've convinced ourselves that, that that Florida State is already at a level that they're not, that they haven't seen in a decade almost. I mean, we're we're talking and treating and now giving raises as if they have actually done something, when in fact they have not done a single thing. You won nine regular season games. Congratulations. We did the same thing with Josh Heupel. We did the same thing with Mel Tucker. I mean, I mean, that's the that's the formula now, Quark. Find a team that's way down, have immediate success, you know, or have that one surprise season, and you're banking, man. You are you are set for life. It's all it takes in college football now. One good year to exceed expectations. So my question would be, what happens when uh, you come back down to reality, if there is such a thing for Florida State? And 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 have you allow have you left enough meat on the bone for when you actually do something, you actually put something in the trophy case. Have you allowed enough room to reward somebody for actually accomplishing something, not speculating that they're gonna accomplish something? Okay. This is a great. This is a great point. In my mind, I was standing up for that. Well, you know what? That was you. You stood on the table in your mind. You did. You did, <laughs> and you made a great point because I'm I'm right with you in lockstep. This is this is this is why I, I'm I was I was more triggered by this uh, when I first saw the news and then I started reading it because I will be honest. I think they would answer your question with yes. And the reason they would do it is because they would say, well, we're only raising his salary by a million dollars or so next year. 
That's what that's what they would say. That's mm-hmm. how they would counter that. Yeah, except that when you fire him, you owe him all of it. But he, yes, and here's the thing. Here's <laughs> the thing. The, you you are it's assuming deferred compensation. You I mean whatever you get next year, big deal. It's deferred compensation. You're still guaranteed that money. You are assuming that the upward trajectory that Mike Norvell is on will continue. I don't blame a Florida State fan for feeling that way. Let can I just give, can I give you the most cynical read on Florida State? And yeah, I just want I just want you to think about this out there. I, I, I want you to think about this. I want you to just say, is it possible what I'm saying is correct? Now, I don't necessarily believe every bit of what I'm saying, but I don't think it's necessarily 100% wrong. I think there's a non-zero chance that when you look at it from my view, that's actually where Florida State's program is, and we're missing it. We're missing it. Isn't it true that last year, Florida State beat all the teams they were supposed to beat and lost to all of its peers and or top competitors within its own division? No. I don't think they were supposed to beat LSU, and I think they were supposed to beat Wake Forest and did not. Okay. I I have a different take on the Wake Forest thing only because Wake Forest has had their number. That's the only only thing Wake Forest has had their number. Kind of like the Clemson-Wake Forest thing where I assume Clemson is going to beat them until, uh, until further notice. But I get your point. Maybe you can make the argument that they lost to Wake and should have beaten them, and maybe you can make the argument that they should have lost to LSU, which... They still should have lost LSU. But the point, the point remains the same. Generally speaking, you're going to have to beat Clemson if you want to achieve anything of note in the, in the history of Florida State football. Right? I mean, this is not Duke or even a place like North Carolina where like a division championship is an accomplishment. This is not Miami where they haven't won a division. They've won one division in 20 years. This is Florida State where you've got national championships in the case. You've got conference championships. You've got BCS championships. And you've got college football playoff appearances. Within the last decade, you, you, you have to beat Clemson. Mike Norvell hasn't beaten Clemson. Has he gotten close? Yeah, once. Not the last time. I don't care what anybody says. Clemson wore them out for two and a half quarters, and then Clemson took their foot off the gas. And at Florida State, those yards still count. Those points still count. But let's not pretend Florida State was in the game with Clemson. Florida State moved the ball on Clemson's defense. They did a good job early. Clemson absolutely smashed them in the middle 30 minutes of the game. Period. They did. That's what happened. We all watched it. Shouldn't he have to beat Clemson first? Shouldn't he have to win a division? Like, shouldn't he have to at least make a conference championship game before we start paying him with a salary that is only eclipsed by eight coaches in college football last year? I don't know what future salaries are. I have no idea. Only eight coaches in the country made more than the average annual value of Mike Norvell's contract. Now, what he's paid, again, the 5.4 whatever million dollars, that's going to be a little bit lower than that. But he is getting paid like Mario Cristobal. He is getting paid like Dabo Sweeney. He is getting paid like Ryan Day. He he is getting paid like an elite-level coach. And it is possible that Mike Norvell last year won a bunch of games he was supposed to win, and that's it. It's possible that that's what he did. If that's true, he's going to win a lot of games this year and not put one trophy in the case. Is it going to be worth it? when you assume that a guy is going to keep his trajectory going when he hasn't shown the ability to eclipse a reasonable expectation for his team yet. Yeah, so this is 
on the Adams & Co. roofing text line, Knowles fan says, FSU top 20 in offense and defense. Most explosive offenses last year. 10-win season. Transfer portal king. FSU on the rise. Com- I- and will compete for the ACC starting this year. Maybe even a playoff team. Why not pay him? Because everything you just said there, Knowles fan, uh, doesn't account doesn't amount to a hill of beans. It's all guessing and hoping and speculating that you're going to be better. And look, I get it. As a fan, do exactly what you're doing, Knowles fan. We all do that, but not when it comes to paying a guy. When you're paying a guy, you have to do something first. You don't give somebody a raise because you're going to. Th- because you think they're going to sell 20 cars next month. You give somebody a raise because they sold 20 cars last month. Correct. I mean, that's, not how, that's not how the real world works. It's not. And, and you guys are treating him like he's done something. Look at, your, look at what he did last year. And look, this puts me in a weird position because I do think they're going to be very good next year. And you know what? I, I do too. I do too. I'm with you. I, I still don't. I still personally don't double a guy's salary because I think you're going to be good next year. At the end of the day, this time last year, Noel's fan, all of the all the other Seminole fans were calling us. This time last year, next year is the year. If he doesn't do something, we're moving on. You know, you are less than less than twelve months later. You're doubling his. You're, you're paying him like he's a playoff coach, and he hasn't done it yet. And and look, you lost to you lost to the three good teams that you played last year that were good at the time you played them. You really did. You you beat LSU. LSU was horrible when you played them early in the season with a new coach, new parts, and they turned into a they turned into a very good team. They were not good at the beginning of the year. You lost to Wake Forest, NC State, and Clemson. Lost to NC State, by the way, in the game where Devin Leary got hurt, you couldn't beat him. I, I mean that that nine looks good, but is it? I, I mean, I mean, is it worthy of doubling a salary? That that's the question I'm asking right there. It is certainly good at a certain extent. Because you know what? If you wanted to give Mike Norvell a raise and say something like this, th- this is what I would get behind. Okay, and honestly, I think most Florida State fans would get behind it too. We will raise your salary by $800,000 next year because you did a pretty good job. You know what? You know what they did at the end of the year? Let's just put our cards on the table. You say they beat Florida and Oklahoma. That's great. They beat two 500 teams, barely. They didn't cover the spread against Florida. I know Vegas and everything, but they didn't cover the spread against Florida and gave up a million big plays, and they didn't cover the spread against Oklahoma. So, like, let's not, let's not write Florida and Oklahoma on the paper and, and make believe they beat Tim Tebow and Jason White, okay? Um, we'll, we'll raise your salary three quarters of a million dollars, eight hundred thousand dollars, whatever the case may be. We'll do that, and then we'll raise your salary by the amount of bonus money that you make. In other words, but when you meet these goals, your salary is raised in kind. In fact, we'll double it. We will double it. If you make a playoff, you get two hundred fifty thousand, and then you get an automatic five hundred thousand dollars raise the next year. It's all incentive based. What they did, Ben, is what Michigan State did to Mel Tucker. That's what they did. They imagined a market for Mel Tucker and panicked. This is a, that's exactly what this is. Why on earth would you guarantee this guy eight and a quarter million dollars six years from now when he's won 10 games one time? Didn't Mel Tucker win 10 games one time at Michigan State? 
Don't, didn't he the very next year based as the on a, portal ba- king? Based on the transfer portal. Yeah, as exactly. the portal king. Now, I will say, Florida State's done a good job of developing Jordan Travis, but you got to do it again. How many times have we seen the one quarterback they do a great job with? You got to find the next one. And if you don't find the next one or you don't find the next great running back, Kenneth Walker, you don't find a great, the, the next great whoever, Michigan State, you know, five and seven. They locked in this guy, as you, to your point, Ben, they locked in this guy to guarantee dollars based on the appearance of future performance, as opposed to locking it into when you perform, then you get these raises automatically tacked on. Man, you're not going to like to hear this, Knowles fan, but you're no different than UCLA last year. That's and, right. And I, I'm just looking here. UCLA also top 10 in offensive production, also won nine regular season games, uh, also didn't didn't beat anybody that they weren't supposed to beat. They lost to the team they were supposed to lose to. Are we doubling Chip Kelly's salary today? I, not that I know of. Not, not that I'm aware. It wouldn't make sense to do that. Again, let's properly contextualize this. Both of us believe that Florida State is probably one of the two or three best teams in the ACC next year. But I, the, the reasons, and I'm, I'm just saying this because I know how Florida State's been. And I, I know they're not as shambly as they were 10 years ago when Jimbo was basically whining every quarter about not getting what they promised him. I know it's not quite that. But hear me when I say Florida State institutionally is being guided by the exact same mindset that always get schools in buyout trouble if things don't go exactly, I mean, thread the needle like they want them to. And look, Okay, and so maybe moving on a little bit from Florida State, it's really more of an industry-wide issue at the moment because coaches' salaries are skyrocketing. And, I mean, Florida State's not, this is not isolated by any stretch of the imagination. You know, we keep, we talk about Mel Tucker and and Josh Heupel and look like I think they're all three pretty good coaches. I mean, I I get it. I just wonder why it is that we here's the other why do do you give a raise to Mike Norvell? Or I mean, are, are people banging on his door? That that was my is, next question. What's is, the market for is, him? Right is is there market pressure to double his salary? Maybe there is. And again, I, I hope it works out for him. I, I really do. I just wonder when you actually do something on the field, where do you go next for salary? Because if you give a guy, if you double his salary for winning nine games, what do you what are his expectations when he wins eleven games and goes to a playoff? What do you do then? Exactly. Exactly. I I echo all those sentiments. I echo all those questions. And you know what? If I'm a Florida State fan right now, none of that matters to me. It's it's not supposed to matter to the Florida State fans. But, Ben, I think you put this very eloquently when you said there should be a different mentality governing fans and governing decision makers about who writes these checks. You got to have some skepticism. You got to have some healthy skepticism regarding the guys who are writing these checks. Anyway, I... I do think Florida State is going to be very good. It's just going to be interesting to see how that contract extension ages because you know if they actually do anything, he's going to get a raise, to your point. He'll get another raise.
Hour one is done. Hour two. We got much more coming your way next on Out of Bounds. WCCPFM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the Roar. This Valentine's Day, skip the rush on cards, chocolates, and flowers, and give your loved ones what they really want an insanely clean home from the pros at Zero Res. Their patented process uses ZR water to clean your carpets and other services like no other. And with no residue, your carpets stay cleaner longer. Right now, mention me, Mickey Plowler, at The Roar, and you get three rooms of carpet clean for only $119 plus a free hallway. Book online at ZeroResGreenville.com. What's under your home can get into your home. A sealed crawl space keeps out moisture, mold, and pests. Canty Foundation Specialist is your local trusted expert in crawl space sealing. Call us today for your free estimate. Canty can fix it. Call the local experts for a free estimate.